and welcome to Kitty Talks, the podcast that shows you how to build a life in alignment with your soul. I'm your host, Kitty Waters, serial entrepreneur and co-creator of the Network for Transformational Leaders. Each week, I interview top thought leaders that are changing the world. They share their life stories on tips on how you can find your purpose. We all have a gift we can bring to the world. Do you feel dead to life? Like there's more to it, but you don't know where to start. Perhaps you don't fit in and you can't understand why. Are you pushing all the time and getting nowhere? Do you long to finally be sure which is the right path for you? This podcast is sponsored by my Do Your Dharma course. This eight-week online course, self-study, shows you how to find your purpose. The course demystifies the subject of Dharma and shows you that by following your highest excitement, you can unlock your greatest potential and create the life of your dreams. Go to www.kittytalks.com forward slash do your Dharma. Without further ado, let's dive into the next episode. So welcome to Kitty Talks and in this week's episode you will hear from Amber Sears, JP Sears' girlfriend and she's an incredible woman in her own right. She runs retreats over in Costa Rica. She basically has followed her passion from when she was very young as a dancer and in this podcast you are going to hear how she had to discover herself and when she discovered herself and was true to herself and went and worked in alignment with who she is, her unique gifts and talents, the universe opened up for her. When she listened to her intuition, amazing opportunities and synchronicities started to happen. Enjoy this podcast. We all have a life path. We all have a purpose. We all can do our dharma. In this episode, you will hear Amber's story. So hello and welcome to Kitty Talks. We share inspirational life stories that empower you to create yours. And today I have a very special guest all the way from Austin. She splits her time between Austin and Costa Rica. Please welcome Amber Sears to the podcast. Amber, hey. Hey, Kitty. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. (laughs) Well, I already know that this is going to be a fantastically transformative conversation. For for those of you who don't know, um, Amber does many things in the world. She used to be a professional dancer and then she trained in Pilates and yoga. And now she's a holistic nutritionist. But I'm going to ask her to share more about what she does in the world. But Amber, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Oh, yeah. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Do you mind um, just kind of telling my audience who you are and what you're doing currently in the world, just to sort of set the scene for them? Sure. Yeah, I would just um, simply put that I am a transformational coach. So I help 
uh, everybody <laughs> transform mind, body, and spirit. So I use a, a vast array of tools and modalities to help people really transform from the inside out and step into their power fully and really connect to their soul's purpose and to their heart and begin to live more fully on purpose and do something that's so fulfilling in their lives. And so I find myself nowadays doing a lot of business coaching, actually. I actually work with many, many professionals in the health and wellness industry who really want to lead a lifestyle that I do. I produce retreats and teacher training programs, um, specifically the last five years I was based in Costa Rica, but I'm taking those, uh, those trainings actually, uh, to Thailand and Guatemala this oh, wow. year. And so expanding more around the world, but I've been based in Costa Rica, which has been my like paradise for the last five years. Uh, and I moved there for many specific reasons, which I'm happy to share on the, on this uh, chat, but yeah, so I find myself doing a lot of business coaching, also a lot of health and fitness coaching. So I do a lot of online coaching uh, via Zoom, actually, mm -hmm. uh, and also creating um, online programs. So I have an online business academy and oh. yeah, just, um, but I'm really about um, the production work I do is about deep immersion and helping people really feel a completely different way of being in the world so that they can then take all those skills and tool sets that they've experienced and really integrate them into their lives and really do what it is that they're here to do in the world. Mm. Well, well, you're talking my language because one of the mission, <laughs> missions of Kitty Talks is to inspire a generation of change makers to follow their passion and purpose. So in our own, yeah. in our own way, we're doing it kind of in different ways, but yeah. <laughs> so Very take... Take us back, because one of the things we love to do, because you obviously didn't pop out knowing what you would be what you'd be doing now. And I think for our listeners, they love to listen to our interviews because it empowers them to step into their greatness. So I'd love you for you yeah. to take us back and tell us like we love all the juicy details. So take us back <laughs> to I know that you trained as a professional dancer. So I'd love to understand. Was that your passion from a young age? Very much so. My parents put me in ballet when I was three years old and I danced wow. my entire, like basically most of my life. So from age three to 18, I was fully immersed in the competitive dance world. So in California, what that looks like, I grew up in Santa Cruz, California. And so what that looks like is um, every weekend I was going to competitions. Uh, once I started competing, probably like age six or seven, I started competing. And so it was like hours of training after school every day. Plus uh, on the weekend, uh, I'd have like one-on-one training with my choreographers and then I would go and compete and so that dance was my life dance was my heart I, I was it was my gift very much so and um and I loved it so much but I really hit a wall when I turned 18 and was really struggling with what do I want to do this for my, for my career is this what I want to do and so I ended up actually my first two years of college studying wildlife biology and I wanted to just kind of experiment with some other different passions I had mm. and then I decided to go back to dance and I went back and finished my degree in dance performance and choreography at San Francisco State and I went on to dance professionally in San Francisco for eight years oh, wow. and so yeah contemporary ballet and modern were my main uh let's say styles of dance uh, as a professional. And, uh, but along the journey, I had so many acute and chronic Of course, yeah. ...where Pilates and yoga came because I, from a very young age, I had, at age 13, I had some really severe stress fractures in, lump, in my lumbar vertebrae, L4, L5. And it really threatened to sideline my, my dance career in a huge way because I was in chronic pain and I was going to chiropractors, physical therapists, acupuncturists, like you name it. I was trying everything to try to remedy the pain and everything just kind of felt like a band-aid. It wasn't actually getting to the root of, of my imbalances and the reason I was in so much pain. And so I found Pilates at age 19 when I transferred to San Francisco State and we started taking Pilates mat classes was like the foundation of our warm up and our 
and let's say our, our maintenance as dancers. So before we go in and dance for five, six hours or whatever in our rehearsals, mm. we would have Pilates mat. And within two weeks of practicing Pilates mat, my back pain vanished. Wow. And I was like, whoa, what is going on here? Like, yeah. What is it about Pilates that is radically changing my life and, and changing my body? And I realized that I had so many major imbalances as a dancer. We are really working in our bodies in a very just imbalanced way. Oftentimes we're, mm. we're working one side of our body a lot more than the other. We're, we're working in external rotation in our hips. Like we're, we're doing a lot of things that aren't like actually ideal for the human body, especially sure. long-term. And so I found myself just basically rehabilitating myself, like rebalancing my musculature, realigning my bone structure, understanding how to move from a balanced place versus from just no alignment or no, no awareness of that. And so mm. that was, that really allowed me to dance eight, you know, another eight years professionally. And I'm so grateful for Pilates for that, which is why I dove into it. So at age 19, I became like super interested in Pilates, wanted to learn the whole system on the equipment. So I learned the reformer, the catalog, like all the equipment that Joseph Pilates created, plus the mat technique and I started teaching it. Mm-hmm. And I started actually assisting um, my teachers in college because I knew like this was such a powerful transformative tool. And I was so angry that no one had told me, you know, yeah, I'd gone to all cool. these other specialists and nobody told me, yeah. oh, just try Pilates, Amber. So yeah. I was like, nobody deserves to be in this sort of pain or have these sorts of imbalances. And I'm going to be that teacher that goes out there and helps people, whether they're rehabilitating injuries, they're professional dancers, or they're just the, you know, the super mom that's, you know, raising four kids at home. They, no one deserves to, to experience this sort of um, imbalance and pain. And then along the journey, um, I had a really uh, just pivotal moment where I, this was like age 23, I was already teaching basically full-time teaching Pilates, private client base in San Francisco, teaching classes and also dancing professionally. And I was just really burned out. I had just graduated. I was building my business as a Pilates instructor. And I really needed to just experience a different way of living. I needed Mm -hmm. to just radically shift my life because my whole life had been dance. My whole identity was wrapped up in being a dancer. So I decided to sell everything. I literally was reading all these blogs (laughs) about being a digital nomad. And I was blogging at the time as well. So I got into blogging at this time. And I decided I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave San Francisco and I'm just going to go dance around the world. That was like my, my goal. So I bought a one-way ticket to Australia and I sold everything, put what I could into two backpacks and, and went traveling. And I didn't, I didn't know when I was going to return. And was this your intuition, intuition, just telling you to do this? Like what was the thing driving you? Cause I think that's a massive shift, a huge shift, one that a lot of people would maybe, maybe scared to make. For sure. So for me, it was, I had actually left um, a, a really bad, it wasn't a super bad relationship. It was the, the guy I was dating at the time we had met in the party scene. And when I turned 21, I quit drinking. I was really anti-alcohol at that point. I'd had my party years, but my boyfriend was basically an alcoholic. And I, and I had stayed in the relationship longer than I wanted to, because I really didn't value myself. I didn't know who Amber yeah, was. Sure. And I, I found myself in this codependent relationship where I needed a partner to feel valued, to feel complete. And so I had this really, when we broke up, it was this really pivotal shift of like, I need to figure out who Amber is. I need to learn Mm -hmm. to love Amber because clearly I found myself serial dating, just kind of all these random guys and realizing like, if I don't love and respect myself, I can't attract the Mm -hmm. same partner. And I Mm -hmm. really need to figure out who I am. And so that's really what shifted me was what is life like for everyone else in the world who's not been a dancer their entire Mm. life? I really wanted to know what that felt like. I wanted to know what it felt like to be normal because I'd grown up in such a disciplined way. I can imagine, yeah. 
And so this was like an experiment. It was like, if I leave everything I've ever known, I leave the States, I leave my family's pressure, the societal pressure I'd grown up in. And I leave my like identity uh, to some extent as a dancer, because I did go to Australia and I did teach Pilates and I did dance professionally. And I did do some of the things that really light me up inside. But I also took about a three month break where I just said, I'm not going to do anything that I'm used to doing. I'm not going to eat clean. Because of course, as a dancer, you're like watching everything you eat. So okay, I'm not going to eat clean. I'm just going to go travel and do what like the normal traveler does, right? Mm. They just kind of roam around. Party. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. And that was the other thing is that I wasn't drinking, right? So this was a whole like experiment. Uh-huh. And I was 23 years old. I wasn't drinking. I was on the kind of backpacker scene, which is all about partying. And I found myself just being like, just very isolated because even though I wanted to meet friends and stuff, they all wanted to party. Mm. And so I just, I had some rules for myself too. It was like, don't date because I need to find myself. So the rule was like, don't date, even though that would be very good at 23. It's pretty, it's pretty profound thing to do at 23. It it was, it was very like, these are, these are the the rules that I need for me to figure out who I am and to learn to love myself. These are the rules I have in place. I also was like, you don't use a credit card. Like I had all these different things so that I had to force myself to really actually step into what it was that I wanted to be doing. Cause it would be easy for me to get a job in Australia serving at a bar or, you know, doing some work that I'd done in the past that was good money, but wasn't actually my purpose or what I was passionate about. Mm. And so I said, you can't like, this is one of my rules. You can't get just a serving or bartending job because that's easy to get and it would make you money. You need to do work in what you you know love, which is Pilates at the time. And so I ended up just like figuring mm. out how to reach out to studios and I started producing workshops and I just... I just figured it out. I, I was so nervous. I remember going into the offices um, of some of these studio owners and, and pitching them workshops at 23 and being like, I don't know how this is going to go. And then, but it always happened. It always worked out beautifully. So you, like I, had, I love yeah, this. I love this because yeah. it's so on point with what we talk about. You kind of gave yourself rules to say mm-hmm. you have to go after what it is you're passionate about. You didn't give yourself the escape route. So can you give us more detail? Because that's really profound, I think, for people listening who are trying to tune into their purpose, because it's almost well, like a, a kind of game to play with themselves. Well, it is absolutely right. It's just the internal game. And and so this was a way for me to kind of throw myself off a cliff and light the fire under my own butt because, and I've had <laughs> to do this many times in my life because otherwise I would just stay in the comfort zone of like, mm. okay, I'm just going to go do this job and this job. Cause this is what I saw in the hostel scene. It was like all these people just, they were making enough money to continue to live. To and yeah. that was pretty much it. They weren't actually living on purpose. And this is what really struck me about Australia. So when I did that experiment of three months of like nothing that, that I knew it was no dance, no Pilates, no eating clean, no, you know, I just did some other things. I was so depressed <laughs> like after, <laughs> after a month or two, I, w- I was so depressed because I wasn't doing anything that I know I love, but at right. that point I was so burnt out that I had to like take a big break. So in that process of experimenting, of doing nothing that I know lights me up inside except traveling. I realized I have to live on purpose. I can't just float around the world Mm. and do nothing that matters to me or do nothing that serves something greater than myself. I actually feel worthless just floating around the world doing like just checking off basically bucket list items. Okay, I saw the Barrier Reef. Okay, I saw Uluru in the middle of Australia. Like I saw these cool things and I experienced so much, but I wasn't actually doing anything that mattered to me and I wasn't Mm. serving something greater than myself. So I wasn't fulfilled. Right. Mm. And I also didn't feel good because I wasn't taking care of my body. So, so, uh, <laughs> I just kind of and I got into like a pretty depressed state, I would say, where I just was, 
you know, and at this point, this is when I found yoga. This is what's so interesting. So I'd already been teaching Pilates and, and dance and everything. And I picked up a book called um, Light on Yoga by BKS Iyengar. And this mm-hmm. was like a big manual. It's kind of like the, the Bible to yoga for, for many. And so this book really opened my eyes to yoga and to the philosophy, the eight limbs and everything. And I started practicing yoga. And this was like a grounding tool for me. It was a way for me because I was traveling so much. It was a great practice for me to just roll my mat out, start following my breath, get into meditation. And this is when I really started, I would say my spiritual awakening, where I really started to understand the importance of being present, of doing things that light me up inside, of being more on purpose. Um, and so that just continued into, um, I went, once I moved back to the States, I got my yoga certification and then went on to get my plant-based nutrition certification. So lots of things happened after that. And I decided to eventually go back to San Francisco because I missed what I loved so much. I miss dance. I miss Pilates. I miss teaching. I miss giving back. I miss being on purpose. And um, so when I dove back in, I just said, I'm so depressed right now. I know what lights me up inside. So let me go do that and see what happens from that point. So yeah, that was a a really, really big journey of realizing what matters to me and that maybe I was burnt out in those things because I'd been just driving at them so hard. But really what I figured out was that all the things I'd left behind were actually the things that I loved, but I needed to go back with a different mindset. Mm. And and your story for me. I needed the perspective. Your story is really interesting for me because a lot of the people I interview haven't found their passion or weren't because like at three oh. years old, you were you had found or dance was a real passion for you'd always lived what I would say in that dharmic flow because you were yes. always kind of following your passions. Yes. But like you said, the perspective needed to yeah, come when so. you kind of came out of it. So that's quite unusual. Oh, it's quite unusual to be that way around. Most people discover it later on, whereas you actually found your passions at a really young age. Yeah. And I'm very grateful that I did. And, and a lot of mm. people, they're asking, they ask me, you know, so how did you find your purpose? And how did you know to follow your heart? And I guess it was always a part of my, my life growing up as a dancer. Mm. My mom was like, if you love to dance, you're going to dance. Like I will work extra, you know, extra shifts so that you can dance. Cause she, she knew it mattered so much to me. And, and what had happened as I got into that burned out zone uh, after college is that I just lost my love for it. I'd lost my joy within it because it became work. It became, mm. um, I had to really reframe um, mm. what, what I was doing with dance, that I needed to dance for me. I found myself dancing for my mom, my choreographers, mm. my, you know, my, my degree yourself. program. I, exactly. And so when I went back to San Francisco, that's when I was like, this is going to be me. This is going to be for me. I'm going to dance with the companies I want to dance with. I'm going to go to the classes I want to go to. I'm going to, I'm going to decide how many Pilates classes I teach and what I teach and what type of classes I'm teaching. And I'm going to really choose, consciously choose Mm. what I really want to do and build my lifestyle that way versus just kind of doing what's expected of me, doing what society thinks Mm. I should be doing, following the path that other Pilates teachers have taken or other dancers have taken. I'm just going to create my world from a, from a new, bigger perspective of, um, Oh, and I love yeah. I love that as well because that's one of the things that we are all about on this podcast is getting people to yeah. do what it is they want to do because so many of us have that like we grow up in an environment where we feel like we should be doing this and interestingly you said even within dance which you were passionate about there were shoulds mm. you know there were things oh, that you, so. you you did because you felt you should rather than actually what does Amber want to do in her dance career so that's a very interesting distinction. Yes, absolutely. And I found then when I, when I went back to San Francisco and really started living that way, that's when mm. my joy came back. That's when I was like, okay, this is, I'm now 
empowered and mm. I now have the, the control and the power over my, uh, in my destiny to really create it however I'd like it to be. And did you, the other thing I was always really fascinated in is because for me, I've studied Dharma, Amber, and when we do our Dharma, we are literally using our unique gifts and talents in and our passions um, mm -hmm. in service to others. And what you generally find is then suddenly it's like the universe opens up for you, like these synchronicities will flow. So mm. do you remember it kind of experiencing, because once we get strong in who we are and what we want and go after what it is we want, then I think that's when the universe really goes, okay, I've got your back. This is, we're going to flow now. Yes, absolutely. And I'd say, you know, a prime example of the universe really stepping in was, was very much my move to Costa Rica. So when I moved to Costa Rica five years ago, I was at a very, another really pivotal moment in my life where I needed to cut ties with so much of my life and just really start fresh. And so, um, you know, what happened is I came back from, from Australia. I started building my teaching career once again. So I built my book up, my private client um, book. I was teaching Pilates, yoga, and nutrition. So I was weaving them all together with my clients. And I was starting to produce retreats at the time. So I produced my first retreat in Mexico and Australia. And I actually went back to Australia. I went back to, I went to Costa Rica. So I started producing retreats because I wanted to include travel into my, my lifestyle design. Hmm. And so how do I teach my passions, but also travel? That was like my, my goal was to figure out how to do that. And even if I failed, at least I tried, you know, I wanted to go to Bali and experience all these things. So I built that into my lifestyle, but the really pivotal moment came where, um, I had my, in my early twenties, this was around the time I was in Australia and then back into San Francisco is I really started to, um, experience severe, a severe eating disorder, specifically bulimia. And this was a really, for five years, I was severely bulimic. Mm. And a lot of this came from, I think, all of my upbringing as Dance a dancer, work. all the yeah. pressures I put on myself to be perfect to, and then when I started really building my business and social media, that's when the pressure became even more because I had more right. eyes on me. I was more afraid of judgment and criticism. So I became even more of a perfectionist. And this was when the, the uh, self-destructive uh, thoughts and habits came be became a, a reality in my life. And I was always the person that was like, I'll never have an eating disorder. Like, I'll never let people get to me. I'll never let a choreographer tell me to lose weight. Like, there was this, like, kind of inner uh, defiant uh, child who was like, that's never going to happen. But really what ended up happening is I just, um, I found myself in the throes of this and had no idea how to get myself out of it. Mm. And I was too proud to ask for help. I was too proud to... Um, yeah, I talked to anybody about it. I kept it hidden. So there's a lot of guilt and shame around that, of course, mm. because externally everything looked amazing. Mm. I had this amazing business. I was a dancer. I was a teacher, all these things, but inside I was self-destructing. And so though I had had this big awakening in, in Australia, when I came home and it, it really became this, this inner struggle. So, um, what happened is I just basically hit a wall. I, I was like, I can no longer, uh, suffer in this way. I remember like the, 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 depth, the depth of it was like one night I had uh, purged my dinner and I came out, my boyfriend at the time who had had for a couple of years, he had no idea I was bulimic. Uh, that's how good wow. I was at hiding it. And wow. he, I came out and I said, I can no longer do this anymore. And I just started bawling. And I said, I've been bulimic for years. I've been hiding it from everybody. I need support. I don't, I need help basically. Wow. Um, and Ooh, so he, he stepped up to emotion. 
Yeah. He stepped up to, to support me. And, um, so then around that time is when I decided I needed a radical shift in my life. I needed to leave the hustle, the grind of San Francisco. I'd been downtown for eight years, like in the heart of the city, no connection to nature. Like every three months I'd get my bare feet on the ground at the park, but no real connection to nature. I needed to have more holistic balance in my life. I needed to have a sisterhood, friends. I didn't have a tribe in San Francisco. I was like this mm. solo entrepreneur that just worked, worked, worked. I had my head down working and nothing else mattered. I would just thought like, if I can just work for six, you know, these years, I'll build my business and then I can have the life I want. So, um, what happened is actually what shifted me is that it was invited to teach at the Envision Festival in Costa Rica. And this is a yoga music dance festival that happens every year. It draws about 5,000 people. And my friend Harlow, who has a retreat center in Costa Rica, he was like, Amber, you should come down and teach. They're looking for US-based teachers. So I decided, okay, I'm going to leave the matrix that I'm in. I'm going to jump down to Costa Rica for two weeks. I'd never taken a vacation. Like it, I was just such a workaholic. <laughs> and and I, seriously, I was, I was so out of balance. And so I... I taught it in vision. And I saw all of these people leading these unbelievably beautiful lives. They're living in paradise. They're teaching what they love. Like I, I and it's, uh, specifically, I met a woman named Sophia Tom and she runs a yoga retreat center down in Costa Rica. And she embodied what I wish I was, which is like this divine feminine goddess leader. Like I just saw her like that. She had this unbelievable lifestyle living in the jungle, running her beautiful retreat center. And she was teaching and dancing at the festival. And I just remember being like, if she can do it, I can mm, do it too. Wow, I've cool. got to find a way to do this. Yeah. So I, so I left in, um, so Costa Rica really opened my heart in such a huge way. I realized how much I was limiting myself, how, how my lifestyle was just so out of whack. So I go back to San Francisco and I'm talking to all my friends and my clients about how much I loved Costa Rica. This is when the universe stepped in. Mm. And I had a client come forward and say, mm oh, well, if you were to build your dream down there, what would you build? Nice. And I was like, well, I'd probably open up a wellness center. Like that's always been something like a dream, a dream of mine. He's like, well, let's do it. Wow. And I said, what? And he's like, he's like, yeah, like, you know, I invest in small businesses. I had no idea this was part no of it. Yeah. He's like, I invest in small businesses. I would love to invest in this and let's talk about it. So I go through this whole process with him and, but here's, here's the kicker. I'd gone down to Costa Rica. I'd scouted locations for my wellness center and I chose Manuel Antonio, which is where I've lived for the last five years. And I decided, okay, I'm going to open this wellness center. It's going to be great. I told him where it was going to be, how much it was going to cost. And I came back and I'll never forget this. Uh, July 4th, I told all of my clients in San Francisco that I was leaving San Francisco to move to Costa Rica. Yeah. And I was going to open my wellness center. And he writes me a one-line email saying, Amber, I'm so sorry, but I can't invest at this time, period. Uh, and I was, oh, oh my God. God. Told I, literally, I literally just <sighs> told all of my clients, all of the studio owners that I had taught for for years, like I'm leaving. I'd like had, you know, um, I had brought in a roommate to take my space in my apartment. Like there was all these things in line. Oh my God. I had equipment on the cargo ship going to Costa Rica. Like I, it, it was, it was that, and I had almost signed the lease on the, on the studio. So I was like panic mode. Okay, Amber, how bad do you want this? How bad do you want this? So I started talking to everybody I can. Would anybody invest in my business? And sure enough, 
crazy enough, um, I ran this this meetup group in San Francisco that was for like raw foodies, vegans, uh, people into health and wellness, people really into the organic food scene. And one of my friends from this group, I had no idea was an investment. Um, you know, he was an investor and worked on Wall Street. And he was like, Amber, I would love to invest in this. And I was like, what? Like, okay. Like, this Thank is God. <laughs> I was leaving for Costa Rica in like three weeks. It was crazy. I already had a ticket and everything to go to Costa Rica. He steps forward. He's like, no problem. He doubled what I was asking for in terms oh my of my, God. Uh, the, the amount of money I thought I needed. He doubled. He doubled it. So again, angel, like universe saying, yeah. this is your path. You need to be yeah. this. And so, so I literally came home in March and I moved down there. I, I landed August 1st in Costa Rica. And what an incredible there's story. no other, um, yeah, there's, there's no other, um, time in my life that has felt so universally supported. I mean, yeah. this was like divine intervention. It was this is your new investor. It's going to be way better than you could ever imagined. And this is your path. You need to go to Costa Rica. And I knew that like when I was in Costa Rica, I remember the super strong intuitive knowing because nowhere else in the world has ever felt more like home. Like and it I, felt like my soul's home. I just love it when we get an amazing stories like this on the podcast, Amber, because I truly believe that when we are doing what we're supposed to be doing on the planet, especially when it's in service to others that we are supported, you know, and that story really is a fantastic example and I think for people listening I just want you to take stock of that because realistically you know when you do go after what it is that you want and obviously it sounded like the first guy was to make you get to that point like because maybe without the first exactly the first investor you maybe wouldn't have had the courage to go for it but then the second guy was your knight in shining armor and the universe having your back um but it is possible I think is the key thing I mean yeah yeah. And I just, yeah, any other thing it's I'd so, it's so possible. Yeah. Sorry, carry on. I was just going to say that, you know, what I really lacked, what, what that first investor gave me was the belief in myself. He believed in me more than I ever believed in myself. He was mm. like, you want to build a wellness center? Let's do it. Mm. Let's go. And I was like, no one in my life had ever, I mean, my parents supported me, but they, they couldn't support me financially. Like, like this investor was going mm. to, but the fact that he believed in me enough to invest in my vision was literally mind blowing to me. Mm. And so what I learned from that was belief is everything. If you believe in mm. yourself. And then like, once he dropped off, I was like, Amber, this mm. is all you. Like mm. you're going to either make it happen or you're going to, you're going to regret never trying and you're going to be stuck in the same lifestyle. So I had all this passion and fire. I was like, I'm going to make this happen. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I'm just going to make it happen. And, and luckily the, the universe stepped in. Well, it sounds also to me like you spoke it into existence because you told all your clients, all your friends, you know, and that that's the and I think it's for people listening who maybe haven't experienced something like this. I'm lucky enough. I've had sort of similar experiences, Amber, in my life. And I think that has given me the faith to trust the universe to go like even doing this podcast is all about inspiring other people that they can live like this. But I think unless you've had that experience like you have you know, it is a difficult thing to believe in until you've had this incredible synchronicity. Um, but I do believe that yes. it's, you know, it's in, it's entirely possible for everybody. You know, it's not just available for you and me. This is a, everybody this is available for. Yes. And one to speak about, you know, speaking it into existence, mm. because that's what I did. I told everybody I knew about, about what I was doing, how I was doing it, um, what I visioned for it. You know, I was just so dedicated to that vision and when you speak that into existence and you talk as though it's already happening that's when things start to arrive Mm, yes absolutely and you were there in your head you were there in your head you believed it you were there you could feel yourself in Costa Rica and I think that's the other thing for people to really get their heads around is you know 
the universe doesn't know the difference between what you're saying you're doing and actual reality. So if you're you're believing that you're there and your vibration says I'm there, then the universe almost has to catch up with you to make it happen. <laughs> yes, very much so. And I think it's you want to be open to because at the time I I didn't even know that investors existed. I didn't even, I didn't even wow. fathom like that wasn't a part of my reality. I didn't grow up around entrepreneurs. I had no idea that people mm. would just believe in me and want to invest in me. I, mm. I never thought that that was even a thing. So when these investors stepped forward, I was like, oh my God, there's the whole world of investors out there who are more than happy. Yeah, they, they've invest. got money. They want to make money back. Money. <laughs> they want to do something with it. I mean, I remember t- talking to the first guy. He's like, I have all this cash flow I need to do something with. Mm. And I remember being like, that's a reality for you? Okay, okay. <laughs> like, I, I, you know? Because for me, that was never my reality. Like I never had more than $20,000 in my bank account at one given time. I just didn't know that reality yet. And Mm. so being open to the fact that like the universe will provide Mm. in such a way that you don't Mm. even know is coming and you also don't even know exists yet possibly. I have to tell you that I've got energy, like all through our interview, I've got had energy like rushing through (laughs) my body. Like (laughs) there's so much truth being spoken, I think is the key, key thing in this interview. You know, yeah. so just fantastic, absolutely fantastic story. And, you know, <laughs> it will give so many people listening, you know, it's totally possible for this to be your reality. So work out what it is that you are passionate about and you, you have your unique talents as well and go towards it because that's when these beautiful synchronicities will occur in life. <laughs> absolutely. And and so then to like kind of continue the story mm. because the wellness, the wellness center, I thought was it. I thought, okay, this is the dream. Mm. I'm going to go down there. I'm going to open this up. So I get down there, I'm sitting on all this cash, which by the way, I'd never had more than like 50K or 20, even 20K in my bank account. So having a big chunk of change to sit on was absolutely terrifying. I was terrified to spend it in all the wrong ways. You know, thinking about problems that you come up with, a lot of people think, okay, the problem is not having enough money. But when you do have the money, then the problem is how do I manage the money? Mm. And so I was learning again about the scarcity mindset around money because I was literally nickel and diming everything, even though I was sitting on a big chunk of change. Mm. And I remember just, worrying myself, the anxiety, the weight of this financial burden was so intense on me. And so the first year of my, um, of my studio, I realized, you know, I, this is not smart business to be open. Actually, I was producing retreats and teacher training programs. I had daily classes, but the slow season in Manuel Antonio, it's a very seasonal place was literally dead. There was no one in town. I would sit, I would sit in the studio for days and not a soul would walk in. Right. And I remember being like, I'm wasting, I'm wasting so much money in overhead costs, having Mm. this studio open. No one's here except for like tourists coming in. That was like my main source of income. So I decided after a year, this is not smart. I'm just burning money. I'm going to close the doors and I'm just going to produce retreats and teacher training programs at various locations around um, my town. Um, But choose what, um, what, weeks and what months I was doing these trainings and have this more location independent lifestyle. So I wasn't Mm. tethered to Costa Rica because though that was Mm. a dream, my real dream was to have more freedom and more Mm. flexibility and to work online primarily so that I could travel. So I wasn't stuck 365, you know, 24 seven at a studio because that's what I found myself doing. I moved Mm. down there and just created the same amount of work for myself. And I realized, you know, I really want to be online. So that's when I started doing a lot more online coaching and just producing retreats and trainings from my, from my laptop. I would just book a retreat center and, and do my retreats there and then have the rest of the time, you know, just to free to work online. And so that was a really big ego uh, shatter as well for me because I thought, oh my gosh, I thought this was my dream. And I thought this is what I was supposed to be doing. And I drove so hard at it and I had this vision of this amazing retreat center with all these people from all over the world. But I really had to humble myself and, and say, you know what, Amber, this isn't actually what you wanted though. 
It's mm-hmm. not actually what you wanted. You wanted more freedom. You wanted this location independent lifestyle. That's why you left San Francisco. That was mm-hmm. one of the main reasons. And so, um, so now over the last, this is like, uh, four, four years ago now is when I really just went online. And, um, I also wanted to mention that a huge part of my journey was actually like within the first six weeks of living in Costa Rica, that's when I sat in my first ayahuasca ceremony. And this ceremony shattered my reality about myself. I I realized how much I was holding myself back, how much I had so much healing to do around my eating disorder, around my perfectionist mentality, my lack of self-love, like all of this stuff was just blown wide open for me. And I realized how much healing I I was, I was really there to do. I was very Mm. called to Costa Rica to do my own healing mm. um, and go through my own transformation, mm. no matter how challenging it was, because it's very challenging to run that studio and to process all of this stuff. And I had left my entire identity as a dancer in San Francisco. I'd left everything I ever mm. knew once again, you know, to start a new, to start a new life. And though I was teaching Pilates and yoga and doing a lot of things I love, I wasn't dancing. Mm. And my whole world, like my whole life was dance. So I mm. really had to let go of that identity and begin to create a whole new reality and step even more on purpose with something that I had no idea was even part of my path. So mm. now all of my retreats and teacher training programs include ayahuasca ceremonies. I do not serve ayahuasca, but I work with a shaman that's about 20 minutes from me in, in Manuel Antonio. And that path has been a totally, I had no idea that that world even existed. The whole world of shamanism and working with master plants mm-hmm. from the Amazon. I had no idea that that even existed. When I sat in my first ceremony and after several ceremonies beyond that for my own healing, I realized this is a massive part of my path, mm-hmm. a massive part of my path. I had no idea existed. So when I stepped onto that, this was another pivotal moment. I was leading a, a yoga retreat in, in um, Manuel Antonio, like I always did, like every month. And it just so happened that a ceremony lined up with the tail end of my retreat. So I had, there was a weekend right after this retreat. Synchronicity. And, <laughs> synchronicities. This is again, the universe stepping in. I mean, it was really clear to me. So I had this retreat and I remember um, I, I told uh, the shaman I was working with, I was like, I might bring a group with me. I don't know how many people will come, but I just want to let you know, because I'm going for my own healing. I'm going to go regardless, but I wanted yeah. to invite, you know, my guests. So I share my story. This is the last day of the retreat and I'm crying and I'm reading this article that I've written in a local uh, magazine about my transformation. And I said, so you guys, I'm going to this ceremony in two days. If you're still in Costa Rica and you'd like to come, feel free to join me. Just a simple invite. All mm-hmm. their hands go up. Every single one Ooh, of them. Oh, wow. All 12 of them. And I remember being like, what? Really? Like, really? <laughs> you've, you've literally never heard of this medicine in your life, like ever. And you're going to come with me. You're, you trust me. And you're, you're that compelled to come. So they come with me to the ceremony. They have the most amazing transformations that they, you know, and awakenings, realizations about themselves. And I said, oh my gosh, Amber, could this be part of your path? Could yeah. this be, could, could you weave in these, uh, this amazing healing modality that has helped you so much and clearly is helping all these other people? Yeah. Can you weave this in? And that's when the Epic Awakening was born, which is my five-day shamanic yoga retreat where I, we have two ayahuasca ceremonies within this five-day retreat. And it's literally been the most fulfilling work I've ever done in my life. Mm. And it's been a challenging path, absolutely. Very humbling, very humbling. But it's also been the most purpose-driven, fulfilling work I've ever done. And I wouldn't have it any other way now. You know, I look back and if you told me five years ago that this is where I'd be, that I'd be producing mm, shamanic retreats, I'd yeah, say you yeah. are absolutely out of your mind. And so what I love to share is that like, there's part of your path that you don't even know exists mm, yet. It's, just yeah. like, it's like hanging out in the ether. And then there's like this little doorway that opens. And if you step through it, oh my God, there's this whole reality mm. that you don't even know is there. Mm. So being open to that is such a, such a 
a necessity. Um, mm. and I, and I, so I just trusted, I was like, okay, like, is this really, Felt I'm right. like, this guy, like, is this really it? Is this really <laughs> it? Is this why I'm coming? Is this why I was called to Costa Rica? Yeah. Why Wonderful. And it very much was, very much. So, um, yeah. <laughs> and and talk to me as well, because I know we spoke before you came on air and you were saying you've got a couple of these retreats coming up. Mm-hmm. So what are the dates and how can people find out more about them? Sure, yeah. So the Epic Awakening Retreat is one that I, I run. Now I'm running it probably every three or four months because I, I now moved part-time to the States. And so those retreats are are sold out, actually. I have December December, March, and April are completely sold out. Um, those sell really quickly, like nine months in advance, they sell. So wow. they're completely full, which is, again, a test to the mm. power of the work and the mm. power of me living on purpose. Because the universe is like, here, here's all your clients. Like, mm-hmm. here, here you go. Going the um, right way. Going the right way. You know, th- these are signs for me. So then um, the other thing I'm, I'm, that I'm super passionate about is this 30-day 30, 30 yoga teacher training program called the Epic Academy. And this is really for the light worker who is the the yogi the passionate yogi who wants to build their business in the health and wellness industry they want to teach lead run a business a super successful business and they want to have the lifestyle they want to be um, working online primarily and they want to be able to travel and teach their passions and for me um, the teacher training that I run is is the most fulfilling for me it's also the mm-hmm. most impactful for my clients mm-hmm. they go through a massive mind body spirit transformation which is required to be a successful business owner this like inner inner work is so required to be successful externally. So the yoga teacher training is one portion and there's a massive um, business academy that's also included, which they build their websites. They, they learn sales, marketing, um, social okay. media, all the strategies and systems that they will need to run a business that's similar to mine, that's uniquely their own sure. um, in whatever modality that they're teaching. So a lot of them are nutritionists and massage therapists, and they're just adding in yoga as a, as a modality they want to weave into their work. Um, and so that's really, I'd say my, my, my um, most value-packed program that I just love uh, leading. And we will make sure that we have all of those details in the show notes as well. So if you if sure. you couldn't get that all down, then we'll have Amber's contact details and all of the details in the show notes. And you very kindly have offered as well to give something to our audience. Remind me what that was. <laughs> we spoke about yes, We emailed, yeah, didn't is, we? This, yes, this is um, my Detox Your Life e-course. This is a three-hour audio course that just really outlines many different aspects of our lives that we can detoxify. So from our, it goes from our internal self dialogue to the nutrition that we, the food we consume to our uh, immediate environment, uh, to our, even our friend, our friend circles. So how do we let go Mm. of things that are no longer serving us in all ways so that we can really step into authentic power and do what it is that we're here to do? fabulous and again yeah. we're gonna have a competition for that so what keep keep tuned keep stay tuned to find out those details <laughs> <laughs> but amber i just want to say thank you so much i've thoroughly 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 enjoyed our conversation like there's yeah. some fantastic you got some you got an amazing story and like it's wonderful to talk to somebody who for me has you know knew their passions actually from a very young age and you can really see how you kind of rode that universal energy force until obviously other things you know there were pivotal moments that needed you to recorrect your course and change direction um, to keep you on point. Um, but I, I know that conversation will have been really valuable to our listeners. So thank you. Wonderful. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. This has been fun. <laughs> <laughs> so we will see you again next week on Kitty Talks with another amazing guest. Bye bye. What a beautiful story. And she's so open and honest and vulnerable and authentic. I know you will have got so much from Amber's story. 
for everybody listening, please know that having an incredible life and building a life in alignment with your soul is totally available for everybody. My Do Your Dharma course starting 28th of October shows you how to not only tune into why you came, but gives you the mindset and also a toolkit of things that you can do to keep you on your dharmic path. Do you want to create a life so good you pinch yourself? Well, Do Your Dharma is for you. Come over to our free Facebook community. We've got over 400 women who on a daily basis are inspiring and encouraging each other to live amazing lives. Come over and join us for free. This podcast was sponsored by my Do Your Dharma course. Create a life so good that you pinch yourself. This eight-week online course demystifies Dharma and shows you how to tune in to why you're really here. Go to www.kittytalks.com forward slash do your dharma.